one side benefit of being between jobs is suddenly you have freedom in your time. You can spend more time volunteering. You can spend more time with your family. You can volunteer perhaps when you haven't in the past. So there are a lot of different ways that you can do that. I think one unique aspect for a believer is that your sphere of influence depends on part how well you treat yourself, but also people are looking at you as a Christian and saying, I wonder how he's going to respond to this sudden job loss. Welcome to Rise and Lead. I'm Benjamin Lundquist, and this podcast is all about personal growth and leadership. Thank you for listening. It means the world to me that you're here learning, growing, and expanding your impact. On this episode, I sit down with my dad, Keith Lundquist, as we talk about growing your faith in God and belief in yourself when you have been fired from your job, let go from your job, or you are in between jobs. We talk about how to deal with the emotional weight of being jobless and what to do as a leader when you now have no one to lead and what to do in between jobs with your daily schedule and your routine and also how you can go about landing your next job. Keith has spent most of his career as a healthcare executive and has found himself in between jobs five different times. What he shares on this episode is from firsthand experience. The Rise and Lead podcast is designed specifically to motivate and equip you to live your greatest life with maximum impact. We are going to find out what makes great leaders great and how you can start growing yourself, rise, expanding your impact, lead, and living the life you have been created to live. I want to personally invite you to be a Rise and Lead partner in spreading the word about this podcast and all the episodes that will follow so together we can reach more people. Remember to subscribe to the podcast so you can get all the episodes that drop every month. Rate the podcast. I'm always going for a five-star rating. If you think Rise and Lead deserves a five-star rating, I would greatly appreciate that. Leave a written review about how the podcast has added real value to your life. Your reviews, they make a huge difference. And finally, share about Rise and Lead with with your family, friends, and your social media network, screenshot this episode with Keith Lundquist and send it to someone. You are helping people rise to their next level by connecting them to an episode. And when you share about the podcast as an Instagram story, make sure you tag me and I will always try and give you a repost. I like to start every episode with prayer, so let's pray together. God, help us to see transitions as opportunities for growth and better alignment to our passions and our gifts. Encourage anyone who is in the in-between right now to hang in there, stay focused, and keep preparing for the next open door. Amen. For 45 years, 
Keith Lundquist has been a consultant and executive providing strategic planning and marketing services for healthcare systems, hospitals, and nonprofit organizations. He's the president of Keith Lundquist Associates, and he helps leaders achieve their business goals by formulating organizational mission, vision, and value statements, and developing marketing plans and strategies. He has his MBA from the Kellogg School of Management at Northwestern University. Let's jump into my conversation with Keith Lundquist. When was the first time you experienced a job loss and what were the circumstances surrounding that first job loss? At the time, I was working as a senior consultant helping hospitals, clinics, and other clients formulate business plans and marketing plans. Extensive travel. You and your two sisters were fairly young at that point. I was traveling across the country, sometimes four days a week. I'd pack up Sunday night, take a flight out, and come back Thursday night. So it was pretty intense. And the business had taken a dip. It was a small consulting firm. And suddenly one day I was asked to go into the CEO's office and uh, found myself coming out without a job. It was really a surprise to me, a situation I hadn't ever been in before. I didn't see it coming, didn't know what I should do or what the resources would be available to me. But I did learn to some extent through trial and error and lessons learned how to find a new job. And after six months, I found a new job working for one of our firm's clients. So uh, that was number one. And unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, I've uh, been between jobs five different times over the last uh, 45 years, and a number of factors led to that. Sometimes it was a mismatch between the personality of myself and my boss. Could be a financial downturn, and I was part of an organization-wide cut, change in management, or differing uh, job expectations, and it's always been a challenge, but I found that such circumstances also offer a chance to grow as a leader, as a person, and a believer. Talk to us about what that was like emotionally to come out of that room and where you thought you had career stability. All of a sudden, that stability is not there anymore. You know, walk us through that first day or that first week emotionally. What was that like for you? Well, it's quite a shock to the system, literally a shock as you think through the time and emotion and effort that you put into a position to suddenly find out that you're no longer in charge of the people and the responsibilities that you have. So it's really a shock to the system. It's like many things in life. However, once you've gone through it, you have a little better sense of what needs to be done. But at the same time, it still is difficult and you have to have the conversation with your spouse or family and let them know what's happened and develop a plan. And certainly it leads you to rely on God much more so perhaps than you have when you're fully in command of your destiny. I think that's one of the realities for a lot of leaders, whether it's leading an initiative or whether it's a a career position. In that moment, when you're coming out of that CEO's office, you can feel in that moment like this is the end of the story and you can't always see that there is going to be another chapter, that there is going to be more opportunities and more open doors. And one thing that I often think about when you're in the in-between, it's so important to have an anchor of faith. And so I want to ask you, how do you maintain your faith in God 
when doors in your life shut, when a career door shuts. And I think for so many people, a career door shutting, it's often more than a career because if we're honest, there are a lot of people who put their worth, value, and identity in their career. And so when that door shuts, it is a shock to the system, like you said, but it's almost like pulling the rug of identity, worth, and value out from under your feet for a lot of people. So when you think about the in-between, and you said for you that's happened five or six times, how do you maintain your faith in God in the in-between? And how do you maintain the belief in yourself when you've been let go from a job and you're waiting for that next door to open up? It can be very difficult. I think a lot of people, their identity is wrapped around their job, their position, their level of authority, the leadership that they have around people. And so when that comes crashing down, that can easily bring them down as well. To me, faith means believing God is faithful, accepting his way rather than my own, and then stepping forward with confidence in order to experience his promises. So faith is unconditional. You don't have to be good enough in order to experience faith. It's available to everyone not just some. And it can be very tangible. Uh, You can see it in the lives of others. You can see it in your own life. But it is perishable as well. Your personal faith can't be stored up. You can't put it in a bottle, put it up on the shelf, and then (laughs) reach up for it when you're struggling at times. You literally have to exercise it regularly. So that's one thing that is a sudden baptism by fire, if you will, and you've got to stop exercising that faith. I think you can do that by stepping forward in confidence, believing that God is faithful in the midst of the trial. And it may be difficult for a few days or even a few weeks when you're going through the journey. But if you step out in confidence and claim his promises that may be evidenced later, not really when you would like, it happens. The other part of it for me is look for evidence of that faithfulness during that journey. It's easy to look at the negative aspects of it, but look at the faith in other people's lives or your own, and you might want to start a journal, for instance, a faith journal, and write down those examples of when things happened that really demonstrated faith in your life, and then when things are not going as you will, you can go back to that journal and review those stepping stones along your faith journey and feel comforted in that. Finally, for me, it's it's accepting his way and timing, not your own. I remember once was between jobs, had a great opportunity, happened to be in California, a new position with a well-known healthcare system. I was certain I was going to be offered the position. I'd been out there already. And the last minute through a unique set of circumstances, my candidacy was withdrawn from consideration. And even though it was a great job, I felt uh, it would have been in a very expensive part of the country. So I was very disappointed in that, found another position, but I kind of followed what happened to the person that actually got that job. And less than two years later, they ended up eliminating that job and that person was out. So I would have gone through all of that with the family and the financial and other stresses of relocation. And then likely the same thing would have happened. Yeah, and I love what you said there about really believing God's promises for yourself. And I think it's always, it's easier at times to believe God's promises for somebody else. But when you're in the trench, you've got to remind yourself that God's promises are for me 
just as much as I may claim them for somebody else. And so I, I love what you said there about believing God's promises and just being reminded that faith is a constant stepping forward. And so even if that stepping forward is a just getting up the next day, maybe it's doing a journal entry, maybe it's reaching out to a mentor, maybe it's updating your profile on LinkedIn, but what is your step of faith for that day and making sure you are stepping forward. And when you look back on your own journey, remembering how God has led you in the past is a great source of strength to get through the present. And you also mentioned something which I had not thought about before. Look at how God has been faithful for other people. And I think there's a truth that if God could do it in somebody else's life, God can certainly do it in my life. And so when you're thinking about remembering how God has led Obviously, look at your own journey and that track record, but don't be afraid to look at the lives in which God has led other people. Yeah, I think that's huge. And what a, yeah, what a place to be in when you're having to really trust God and trust that timing. And sometimes I've discovered that something may be the right opportunity, and you may have found this too, but it's the wrong time, or it could be the right time, but the wrong platform and being able to really trust God. Let me ask you this, coupled with the faith in between the jobs, there's also self-doubt that creeps in where you are let go, you've left that CEO's office, you've been fired from your current job, and that self-doubt creeps in, you begin to doubt what you have to offer. Maybe you begin to doubt your skill set. Maybe you begin to doubt the growth you've experienced So along with the faith, how do you maintain a belief in yourself in the in-between that you really have something to offer, that you do have gifts, that you do have a skill set, and that another door is going to open up? I think a lot of people don't ever think that they're going to be between jobs. And when they do that self-doubt, it's very easy to have that seep into that person and begin having those downward spiral of thoughts going through their heads. It's not a good place to be. I don't think anybody goes through a job loss without some of that. Part of it can be, I think, going back and looking at what you have accomplished. Part of it is, quite frankly, getting away from the job search enough to be helping other people. And as you help other people with the real needs they have, it may be volunteering for a food bank that you now have time to do that you didn't in the past. Or if it's working with your church, you're still in a leadership position and you can accomplish a great deal through that. I know in my case, I worked with a couple of not-for-profit organizations and helped them during those times between jobs formulate their own mission, vision, and value statements to give them direction. So you feel encouraged that you're able to demonstrate those leadership skills even though it may not be in a paid position, but encourages you that you are getting some positive results through other people. I think that's really good. And I go back to how John Maxwell, leadership expert, author, defines leadership, that leadership is influence. It's not a platform or a position. And when you have a career, 
that is one of your platforms of leadership or influence. But just because you may lose a job doesn't mean you have lost your leadership because leadership is influence. So I think that's a great reminder for leaders who are in the in-between, you are still a leader in the in-between. When you are transitioning from one platform to another, you still have influence and you still have voice and you still can better your relationships with colleagues, your family, and invest in your community. And I I love what you said there. When you are in the in-between, make sure you are exercising your influence And leadership is serving by really reaching out and who are the people that you can serve in the in-between. And I've come to understand that that's one of the callings that all of us have to steward the people and take care of the people that God has allowed us to connect with. So even in the in-between, who can you care for? Who can you lift up? Who can you empower? And who can you serve? You mentioned the emotional weight that comes with losing a job. Talk to us about how do you care for yourself emotionally? How do you lead yourself well when you are in the in-between? Well, I don't think most people make a New Year's resolution to lose their job within the next 12 months. In most cases, those changes come about unexpectedly. And so there are true mental, emotional, financial and physical symptoms that literally are a shock to your system. So don't ignore the symptoms. You, it may be depression or lethargy. You just don't want to get out of bed or you stick your head in the sand or emotionally distance yourself from your family and friends and former colleagues. You want to sleep half the day or resentment or trying to second guess the why. Why was it me when I was really doing the best job or other common understandable reactions But just because your job status has changed, don't drop your other life activities, such as exercise, such as attending church or other faith activities, spending time with the family, keeping in contact with friends, enjoying the out of doors. So those are the types of things you need to continue doing. In fact, one side benefit of being between jobs is suddenly a freedom in your time. You can spend more time volunteering. You can spend more time with your family. You can volunteer perhaps when you haven't in the past. So there are a lot of different ways that you can do that. I think one unique aspect for a believer is that your sphere of influence depends on part how well you treat yourself, but also people are looking at you as a Christian and saying, I wonder how he's going to respond to this sudden job loss. I've worked in uh, not-for-profit and for-profit organizations. I've worked in um, faith-based organizations. I've worked in secular organizations, community hospitals, and people see you in the work setting, but when they know you've lost a job, they don't completely lose contact with you, fortunately, but they look at you and see, what is that faithful person going to do now? How will they react? And that can be very telling too. You have a definite influence that extends beyond your job. And I know just acknowledging that we live in a culture that always loves to put the image of, I got my life all together, everything is okay, a very filtered life, if you will. And I think in your safe relationships, being able to acknowledge some of the pain and the emotional hurt that comes with job loss and being able to say like, I may not be my healthiest right now, but I want to get to where I am healthy and having a safe place to be able to express 
whether it's depression, anxiety, the emotional weight of what you may be going through, as you're in the in-between, what are some things you could share? How do you maintain positivity? How do you stay hopeful that that next job is going to come, that that door is going to open up? And you know, you've got all this weight of the shock to the system and you got some emotional challenges there. Maybe some of your routines have been shifted, but you've got to remain hopeful and positive that another door is going to open. So what can you share about maintaining that positivity and that hopeful outlook in the in-between? I'm not sure that anyone who has gone through a job loss can always be positive. It's very easy to fall into a a negative uh, blame and potentially corrosive mental mindset and almost go into a paralysis. My experiences that people have gone through, it's been my experience as well, a, a job loss rarely maintain the status quo inside their heads. They either swing one way towards negativity or they swing the other way towards positivity and say, hey, this is an experience that I haven't been through before, but there's going to be some opportunities for me that I haven't had before. In my case, I've struggled over the years with anxiety and mild depression a number of times. And I remember while I was between jobs, within the very same day, I could have an emotional high when a new job opportunity came my way. And that same day, another one where I was a candidate was filled by someone else and I could have a real mental dip. I certainly strongly encourage people who are struggling with depression and related challenges to seek out professional health. It's very important to do. But for me, keeping positivity during a job search included exercising my faith, as we've talked about, maintaining connections, really important to maintain connections with others, even if you don't want to. So if somebody says, hey, Keith, let's have lunch today, that's the last thing you'd want to do. You just don't even want to get out of the house, but you've got to do it to maintain those. Physical activity is extremely important. I mentioned before helping others with their day-to-day needs, whether it be working at a food bank or helping deliver meals or be a repairman for a neighbor. Spending more time with your family and maintaining an active spiritual life. I think all of those things can help maintain a more positive attitude during times uh, between jobs. So let's get real practical. When you're in the in-between, and I know there are people that listen to this episode who are in that in-between space, and they want that next job, and they're seeking, they're searching for that next career door to open up, on the practical level, what would you advise? What should people be doing in the in-between when they are seeking out their next job? Early on, I'd recommend writing down in as much detail as possible what your preferred role and duties would be that would bring you the greatest satisfaction in life uh, and leverage your talents, interests, and God-given strengths. This is an opportunity that you may not have had. You may have fallen into your current role, and it may not be the best fit. But you've really got to know what you want to focus on in your search. And later, you can use this as a touchstone to evaluate job opportunities against. Nobody's going to do that for you, but that gives you a great opportunity to do that. I'd also recommend providing some sort of structure in your life during the weekdays. You may think you don't have a job right now, but in reality, your job is to create or find that next new position. As such, don't leave things to chance. Find new opportunity. Find new opportunities is really all about human connections. 
You've got to nurture your existing connections, including the people that you used to work with, and forge new ones with new friends that you'll meet. About 70% of jobs are not advertised. So tapping into that network really is critical. As far as allocating time, I'd recommend a minimum, not a minimum, but no more than maybe 30 minutes a day searching online for job opportunities because, again, that isn't where the jobs are. Where you really need to be spending the time is about four to five hours each day, reaching out to others, establishing two-way relationships, Start with people in your industry, or maybe you've thought of changing industries. This gives you a great opportunity to investigate other opportunities in other industries that you may be thinking about or new jobs. Offer to send people your resume. Ask them to send any leads your way. So when you do talk with people, the one thing I always recommend is always don't end your conversation until you've asked for the names and contact information for two or three people who are friends in their sphere that may be able to help you in your job search. And when you contact those people, you're really doing it on behalf of more information than that they would have a job. It's an informational interview. But you're expanding your circle of influence. And once you've had a conversation with them, you have a better idea of that type of job, a better idea of that industry. And of course, you don't want to end the conversation without asking them oh, are there two or three other people that you think I should talk with? And then you contact those people and say, so-and-so told me, a respected friend of yours, that I might tap your brain a little bit to find out more about your industry, to find out more about your successes. I'm thinking of making some changes right now. I know you don't have a job available probably for me. That's not why I'm wanting to talk with you. But a very good way to do that. The other hours in your typical job search day should be researching new leads, people to follow up with and sending thank yous and circling back with previous contacts. So I think by putting structured in place, putting a checklist in place, there's some very practical steps you can take that will help you keep focused on your end game. Those are really helpful. And I really resonated with the first thing you shared. Sometimes people mourn losing a job that if we're honest, it was not even a good fit for for them in the beginning. So here you are mourning this job loss that if you were really honest, it wasn't a good match and it wasn't in your strength area or your gift area. And I, I always believe that we make the greatest impact at the intersection of our passions and our gift sets. And so sometimes people look at a job and they mourn this job loss. But if you're honest, you weren't passionate about that job anyway. And it may not have been in your gift area. And I love what you said there. You have to take some time to decide what you really want. Do some gift assessments. Take a look at your passions, but decide what do you really want in your career for this next job. And that can give you some of that direction on who are you going to connect with? Who are you going to network with? Who are you going to reach out to? And recognizing that just because you don't have a job that you may be going to physically, you have a job in moving you toward that next open door for your career. And so there's not this idle time of I lost this job. Now I have nothing to do. Oh no, you do have a lot to do. And you can be very intentional. Can you tell me again, what was your recommended time to spend online? And then how many hours did you recommend again for networking and connecting with people? 
no more than 30 minutes a day online. It's very easy to get online and just be there for four or five hours and suddenly the day is gone. I'm recommending the four to five hours be spent in contacting and networking and trying to track down leads and then perhaps another hour or so in following up on some of the contacts that you've already had. But I agree back with what you were saying that gives an opportunity for people to have conversations also that wouldn't be possible unless you were out of a job. So you can have conversations to help you narrow down where your skill set is and where you want to head in the future with former colleagues, maybe even the person that had let you go. And you can ask them, what do you see as my real strengths and where I really excelled? And what are those areas where you kind of saw that I that wasn't in my wheelhouse? And what should I avoid in the future? You can do that with your spouse, with your friends. So it really gives you a unique opportunity to have some in-depth discussions and learn more about yourself that you couldn't have when you were fully employed. Yeah, that, that opportunity to really say, where am I at and how can I grow to be a better leader, a better employee, a better contributor to my next company or my next job opportunity? That is a huge opportunity. And again, I, I've heard you say that a few times during our conversation you can mourn the closed door of the job. And I think there is a season for that and there's a moment for that, but also recognizing you have huge opportunity. And this is an opportunity for you to look at your personal growth, your skill set growth, and the opportunity to network with different people, expand your network, and really look at what that next opportunity is for you. When you think about people that are, in the in-between right now. And so somebody's listening to this episode of Rise and Lead, Faith in Between Jobs, and they are in that space. What would you recommend that somebody do in the next 24 hours to move them forward, either in their personal growth or toward that next career opportunity? If they haven't already done it, they should sit down with their spouse or a trusted friend and put together a frank and honest assessment of their circumstances. It can be on paper or an electronic device, but cover areas like finance, sketch out an interim monthly budget that spells out money coming in versus money going out, which you can figure out which one is going to be bigger. (laughs) In most cases, money going out. Uh, What are those expenses that can immediately be cut? Example in, in my case was I lost a position. My wife and I had been planning to go to the Bahamas. I had a lot of frequent flyer miles ready to use. But it was after my job was cut, and we said we really can't or shouldn't do that at this time, and so we postponed it. You also need to look at your emotional status. What's your current mental health? What should it be? What steps can you take to make sure it doesn't deteriorate? Physical status, social connections, relationships with friends, with work colleagues. Uh, How will these be maintained? And, of course, your spiritual health. Do a quick assessment of that as well. Your relationship with God, the strength of your faith. And it needs to include your spouse and kids if you have them, others important in your life. Their lives will be altered, my experiences, much more dramatically than your own because you have some control over the future, whereas they may not feel they have that control. My wife and I recently looked back and added things up and found out that we were apart from each other, lived apart from each other, not on purpose. 
not voluntarily, but for a total of three and a half years over the career, our 45 years of marriage as well. And it was because I would go ahead to a new location for a job, and we had to wait for a house to sell or other things to happen before the move could happen. So there's a lot of things that you need to include in that assessment on the impact to the family as well. And then you develop an action plan to address your assessment. Commit to a short list of tangible steps you're going to take in the next 90 days that will have the greatest impact. You might want to start that exercise program. You might want to have more interactive time with your family. We'll put it down in writing what you're going to be doing. You may want to dig more deeply into the Bible or other spiritual activities. And one of the things you certainly need on that list is what are the resources that are available to you that you're going to investigate to help you, programs and services between jobs, financial assistance, maybe deferring some loan payments, subsidies, severance pay, or other services like free counseling. And then finally, confidence and faith. Commit that list to God through prayer. And I appreciate that when you think about, and this holds true with leadership in general, that the first job of leaders is to define reality. And so I appreciate your challenge in the next 24 hours for anybody who's listening who is in the in-between. Define where you are at currently, emotionally, financially, with the plan that you have for your life. So being able to take some time, and I would encourage anybody who is in between jobs right now, be brutally honest and define where you are at with a circle of people that love you, that you trust, that want to see you succeed and are willing to help you go to that next level and do that in the next 24 hours and create a plan. And I appreciate that you said create a plan on what you're going to be doing in the next 90 days in those areas of your life that matter most. And sometimes we create a plan, but we often don't put a timeline to the plan. Being able to say in the next 90 days, based on my brutally honest assessment of where I am at, in the areas of life that matter most, I am committing to the next 90 days. And it's not that you can't adjust that plan and pivot as you go, but in the next 90 days, you want to lay out this plan. And so you have some structure as you move forward in the in-between. When you think about leadership in general, and I really appreciate this conversation that I think is going to resonate with so many people. When you think about leadership, How would you define leadership and what does a great leader mean to you? I think effective leaders provide clear direction, motivation, and then tools so that individuals can work together and working together, they can achieve defined goals and a purpose that's greater than themselves. So you're giving the direction, you're motivating, putting tools bringing people together to reach those goals and achieve that purpose that's greater than themselves. So when you lose a job, you no longer provide leadership for your former employees if you were in a leadership position, but your leadership skills and abilities just don't go away just because you're between jobs. You can still provide jobs and leadership in a number of different ways. And it's important to keep that in mind. Your skill set, your leadership skill set is not connected so intertwined with your job that you just lost, that you lose those skills or those abilities. There's a lot of different circles of influence that you can continue 
to be a leader and to achieve successes. If you think back on your journey in leadership, I'm sure you have read or received some leadership advice as you've grown in your own leadership. What is one of the most important pieces of advice that you would share for leaders? It's not about the leader, him or herself. It really isn't. I've worked for a lot of different individuals, reported to a lot of people over my career. And there were some that I remember one CEO said to me after a a meeting with the board of trustees, he was unhappy with something I said to the board. It was truthful, but he didn't want his board to hear that. He said, Keith, your only job is to make me look good. I did not stay very long with that organization. That's not the role of a leader. It's not making you look good. It's not about you. It's about what you do, the influence that you have on other people. But more importantly, it's what combined they can do to help other people in their lives. I think that's really where it all is. Most people, particularly in healthcare, as I've been in, don't go to work every day and say, oh, boy, I'm going to do more widgets or I'm going to do more spreadsheets or I'm going to do more things than I've done in the past. And this place will be a healthier organization. What they really care about is caring for the people that are under their care often in life and death situations. And that makes a tremendous difference. And that's when a leader, when they face difficult circumstances, can always go back to that purpose and say, the reason we're doing something is not so that we can make more money, but it's so that we can make people healthier and more fulfilled in their roles where they want to go and do in the future. If we were to switch roles and you were on this side of the mic, is there anything that you wished that I would have asked you about leadership or about having faith or belief in yourself in between jobs? I'd say that your faith experience of traveling between jobs is unique to you, and it really is a gift, even though when you open up that gift or handed that gift by your boss, (laughs) it doesn't appear to be a gift. But it really provides you with real-life insights. And as such, I believe you owe it to others to help them when they enter into their own uncharted waters in the future. So proactively reach out to others who have just lost a job. That may be, as I have done, inviting them to breakfast or lunch a few days after their job loss to share your own experience, to encourage them, to offer them assistance, let them know that they're not alone. In my case, after I traveled through this a number of different times, I've gained a certain level of experience and believe I can be helpful to other people. I felt prompted to do more and support others going through the same experiences. And one morning I woke up about three o'clock in the morning and felt God urging me to share my knowledge and tips and experiences with others in a way that could be more accessible than just one-on-one. So it came out as a form of a blog and it provided the seed for a blog that I have today, faithbetweenjobs.com. And I've written about 100 posts providing tools and tips and encouragement for job seekers, family members, and friends through faithbetweenjobs.com. And it's been a blessing to me to be able to put down on paper my own experiences, but I'm, I know from feedback that it's also a blessing to others. That's a great reminder for all of us that with the pain of 
job loss. And when you're in that in-between, it can be painful, but there is purpose in the pain and there's opportunity as you learn and grow to be able to come alongside other people, having being able to share what you've learned and some of those successes, things that have helped out and maybe just being an emotional support to somebody who is going through what you are going through or what you have been through. And I think it's such an encouragement for all of us when we come alongside somebody to be able to say, you're going to make it through what you're going through because I've been where you are. And to be able to encourage people, don't give up. Like other people have been in this place that seems so challenging and so dark and so heavy. And I've been there and I can relate. You can show empathy with those opportunities and and be able to listen to other people's stories and their experiences. And so, again, that's a great way, I think, to bring this episode full circle that another opportunity with a job loss in the in-between is to serve other people through this opportunity that you have. It's been a joy to have this conversation, and I think it is so relevant. I personally know many people who have experienced job loss in the last year and a half, and I I know this episode is going to connect with a lot of people. Dad, if there are people who want to reach out to you directly by email, what's the best way to connect with you? Email is probably the best way or to go on faithbetweenjobs.com and you can leave a message as well. My direct email is Lundquist, L-U-N-D-Q-U-I-S-T, Keith, first name, K-E-I-T-H, at gmail.com. So if you have any questions about today's episode or you want to dive into more depth of conversation with Keith Lundquist about Faith Between Jobs, reach out to him by email, Keith at gmail.com. And I know this hasn't happened yet, but I just feel like maybe there's going to be a book coming, a faith (laughs) between jobs book that could be up on Amazon in the next few years. But I know that what you shared is going to bless a lot of people. So dad, thank you again for being on this episode of Rise and Lead. It's an honor to have you. I hope this episode on Faith Between Jobs has impacted you. Make sure you screenshot this episode and share it with someone and post it to your social media accounts. Make sure you tag me so I can give you a repost. Remember, someone you know needs this episode. Thanks again for leaving a rating and review on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe. Look for new episodes to drop every month. You won't want to miss those. Thank you for taking the time to invest in yourself. You are worth it. Remember, the best time to rise and lead is now.